Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood, your psychedelic life coach, and I teach you how to connect with your soul mission, follow your heart, and make lasting changes in your life by creating a sacred spiritual partnership with plant medicines. Learn easy tools, tips, and integration strategies that will demystify the psychedelic renaissance and open the way for you to come back home to yourself. If I can do it, you can do it too. Find out how here. Do y'all remember the feeling of being a kid, being in school, and the days counting down to summer vacation? Like the anticipation, the excitement, the freedom of not going to school, the freedom of being yourself and playing and having fun with your friends and going to the pool and eating snow cones and running through sprinklers. The energy of play, of fun, of like this feeling of freedom that you can do whatever you want. You can stay up late, you can play board games, you can have sleepovers. The summer vibe was my favorite time of year as a kid. And I have been feeling this calling from the spirit of my business, from my inner child to really bring this summer freedom, this slow, leisurely enjoyment of, you know, spending a Tuesday afternoon at the pool with your friends and having that be like the best day ever. Slow Down Summer Series is an ode to chill. Everyone that I know, including myself, is being pulled so tenderly and deeply into this energy of rest and this energy of receiving and creating and opening to letting go of this paradigm of hustle and this paradigm of efforting and trying so hard and doing and doing and doing. And summer vibes are saying, let's not. Let's embrace our tortoise era. Let's put down the hustle. Let's open to just gathering together in fellowship, in fun, in community and connect and put the attention off the doing and onto the being and the enjoying and the having fun. So in this series, it's going to be four live weekly workshops. So each Thursday at 7 p.m., starting on June 22nd, 7 p.m. Eastern, we will have a different session focused on holistic integration through the lens of slowing down, of resting, of regenerating, of resourcing yourself and doing it calling in your presence and your power and doing it in a way that's really fun and community-based. And we're going to have a pajama party. We are going to call in our inner tortoise. We are going to be in service to our bodies and partner with our hearts. And I am so excited to share this with you. It has come to me in divine inspiration and I can't wait. So four workshops, four weeks, they'll all be recorded in case you miss any and you get access to them forever. So I would love to see you there. If you want to join, please visit my website, sinclairfleetwood.com forward slash slow dash down. I'll also put it on the homepage so you can get to it easily and sign up. And I can't wait to see you there. Enjoy this episode. Hey family, welcome to the show. I'm Sinclair, your host. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Thanks for being part of my digital family, my spirit family. And thanks for spending your time and energy 
opening to receive the content of the show. I hope it's landing and is helping inspire you on your path. Today I want to talk about the tyranny of perfectionism. I've talked about perfectionism lots of times on this show, but I was kind of shocked to see. <laughs> I was like, I haven't made a whole episode about this. This could be an entire year's worth of episodes, I think. Um, perfectionism is actually something that I used to think was a good thing in my life. You know, I remember looking for jobs and always writing like, oh, I'm a perfectionist, you know, because it's actually to be a perfectionist is valued in our society. People who are painstakingly detailed, who would never turn something in with a mistake or, you know, it has to be the absolute best. Like the pursuit of perfectionism is part of the American dream. It's the pursuit of wealth. It's the pursuit of finding the perfect partner, the perfect house, getting the perfect education, being the perfect child, having the perfect child, being the perfect parent, being the perfect spouse, being the perfect partner, being the perfect friend, being perfect in your body, being perfect with what you put in your body, you know, being perfect in your community, being a perfect example of following the matrix program to a T and checking all the boxes to be a good little worker bee and a good little conforming member of society. And so they teach us that perfectionism is actually a positive thing. But for those of us on this path, this spiritual path, this path of rebellion against the matrix, against the death cult, against the system that chooses to oppress us instead of letting us be free and live our lives in joy, uh, in communion with the earth, perfection, perfectionism is not something to be happy about or proud of. Perfectionism is an act of war against yourself. It's an act of self-harm, and it's an act of... It's an act of violence towards you and towards others. When we expect ourselves to be perfect, we are creating an unattainable ideal, uh, an unreachable goal that will... It, it's like the creating of the perfection is contains the failure inside of it because it's not possible to be perfect. And even if you do reach perfection, perceived perfection in some area, it's very fleeting. And there's, you know, there's always some more perfect way to be. Um, and so it inherently sets you up for failure and disappointment and criticism and self-criticism. And that's why I say it's actually a state, it's a state of being at war with yourself. It's a state of, of paralysis it perpetuates a state of constant striving, of efforting, of no peace. Because when you are a perfectionist, nothing is ever good enough. And we sort of joke about this of like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm, I have high standards or whatever. And it's like, do you? 
is that actually true? Or have you been programmed to not accept anything other than a very slender idea of what is acceptable and what is okay? And everything that falls outside of that is bad. And when you are engaging with the reality that nothing is ever good enough, if it's not perfect, that's the same as saying nothing is good. So if you can't do it perfectly, if you can't be perfect, what is the point? And then maybe you don't do anything at all. And this creates a stuckness and it freezes you. You get overwhelmed. You feel like a failure. And you feel let down all the time because there's no joy in perfection. We're told that that attaining perfection is where the joy is. Like once you get this, once you become this way, whether it's a way that you look or you have the perfect partner or the perfect job, you like check all the boxes. And I've talked about this dozens and dozens of times. I talk about this because this is the program, but you literally can't win no matter what you do because perfectionism is is the carrot that you're constantly chasing, but you can't ever reach it. Maybe maybe you get a little taste, maybe a little sniff. You're like, "Mm, I can taste it. I can taste it. I can taste it. And you get it, but it doesn't fulfill you because the fulfillment and the meaning is not in perfectionism. So I have this astrologer that I used to work with some, and he said to me one time, I can't think of anything more boring than being rich or being perfect. (laughs) And I thought, I just laughed and laughed because I thought, wow, what a beautiful way to think about life. Like, the thing that most of us have our eyes on, the prize, is this attainment of perfectionism. And then we'll be allowed to be happy. And then we'll be allowed to feel good. And then we'll be allowed to enjoy our lives. And what if you had a different worldview? What if perfectionism is the most boring thing that exists? What if, I mean, if you think about perfectionism, what is perfect? Isn't it in the eye of the beholder? If you look at nature, everything in nature is perfect. And it doesn't mean that it is. I think there's this inherent idea of perfectionism that is a rightness. Like there's a right way to be. There's a right way to look. There's an ex- there's like a spectrum of acceptability, of appropriateness, of acceptance and belonging. And existing outside of that is not allowed. And, you know, a lot of people that, that onboard this perfectionist, um, it's really, it's sort of an affectation. It's like a a personality trait, or I like to think of it as a coping mechanism. I mean, my perfectionism developed when I was a child. I remember being a little girl in dance class and ballet and tap and jazz. And I was probably like six years old. And there's this video of me at this recital. And these little girls in my class were like six. They're little, you know, some of them are probably younger. And they're doing their stuff. And I'm like policing them. I'm like, I'm like doing it perfectly and I'm looking at them and like one of them is totally like picking her nose or something. And I'm just like, like scolding her. I'm six, I'm six. And I, I think about that memory and I'm just like, where did that come from? 
like where did that need to do it right come from and where does that originate like where does that need to do it right and that's how I deserve love come from and I was performing from such a young age you know performing in school when I got good grades I received love I received gifts from my dad and like so I started to associate the doing well and being smart and and like being smart in the acceptable academic way that they tell you is the right way to be smart. I had a lot of artistic ability and a lot of, you know, pull towards doing creative things, but that wasn't as acceptable. So those things didn't get as much attention. And that is kind of where I look back in my own history and see the seeds of the perfectionist being planted. You know, a lot of us go up through school and we're taught that you want to please the teacher. You want to please your parents. You know, perfectionism and people-pleasing are very, very intertwined. And you can start, you start by receiving these outside voices that are telling you, oh, you're doing such a great job. You're being so, you're like, you're so good. You're being so good. You're such a good girl. You're such a good boy. And you start to onboard this idea that when I do this, I'm a good girl. And when I do this, I'm a good boy. And when I don't fall in line, I'm a bad boy and I'm a bad girl. And that means that I don't get love. And that means I don't, that I'm not worthy. And then shame starts to come into the play and you know, if you, if there's something about you, about your existence, your personality, the way that you are, the way that you live in the world, the way that you move in the world, that is labeled bad, it becomes hidden. It becomes othered. It's like, ooh, this part of me doesn't belong. I need to hide this. And maybe it's your sexuality. Maybe it's your creativity. Maybe it's you know, any way that you choose to express yourself as a child, because as a child, we're not self-conscious. We're just like, I'm going to be myself. And then the way that we develop all these neuroses is like being ourselves, we get punished or we get left out or people bully us or whatever. And it's like, I'm just being me. And then you get told by the world that me is not okay. And perfectionism is just one of the things that can develop as a coping mechanism for not being able to be authentic, you know, for denying your authenticity. And so how perfectionism shows up is that we, we onboard it as children, typically young people, you know, in school, it's like, it's like the valued patriarchal linear masculine way of being, you know, follow the rules, do what you're supposed to, do it the best that you can. And, you know, there's a bit of competition in perfectionism, maybe with yourself. Often, often perfectionism is a competition with yourself, but it's also competition with other people. Um, for a lot of us, it shows up in the body in you know, the way that we look, like what is okay, what's not okay, your body shape, your, you know, what are you eating? Like all of these things are related to each other. And it shows up 
at first as the voice of others, teachers, parents, you know, people that were looking outside of us to tell us how to be in the world. But then you start, you start onboarding this and pretty soon the perfectionist is you. You become your own jailer. You become your own, um, you become your own critic, your own, you're like policing yourself all the time. You know, it becomes part of, of the toolkit of the inner critic, which is this inner dialogue that, that is constantly making everything about you and telling you all the time that the way that you are, how you're doing, how you're thinking, you know, maybe you're judging yourself, you have self-hate or shame that you should know better or be doing better. You're picking at yourself. You're too hard on yourself. You're not giving yourself the compassion that you give to other people or the, the leeway. Like you don't give yourself any leeway. Perfectionism is like being, you know, I always think of it as like you are a lion and the perfectionism is like a lion tamer, but like from the old days in the circus when they really were, I mean, abusing the animals and like whipping them put so much pressure on yourself to do things a certain way. And when you can't meet up to that pressure, it crushes you and it causes all kinds of stuff. You go into a shame spiral. You like, you completely dissociate from your authenticity by being on this trail, this path of like, I have to do it perfectly or it's not good enough. And the thing about perfectionism is that it's a tool of capitalism and consumerism and the civilization that we find ourselves in to ensure that we feel small and powerless and wounded and victimized and to keep us in competition with each other, to keep us stuck in struggles with ourselves so that we are not empowered to take the power back from the people that have it. And when we engage in the story that nothing we do is good enough, that there's always some better thing to be had out there, that you're not enough, not thin enough, smart enough, wealthy enough, funny enough, talented enough, lovable enough, that you're too big, too loud, too ambitious, too open, too daring, too far out there, too much, that however you are in your authentic presence is not okay. When you make yourself and your light and your gifts and your understanding of the world smaller to fit inside a box that cannot hold you or your power, you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're out of alignment with your truth. The thing is, just like all of these things that we wrestle with, perfectionism, people pleasing, you know, the addiction, like all of these, these experiences that we have that we know are not in alignment with our true nature are, is nothing to be ashamed of. Like it's nothing to struggle. <laughs> it's nothing to struggle against like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Great. I don't want to be a perfectionist. I need to be perfect. I need to be perfectly healed. And it's like, Oh, look at you. There's perfectionism again. Like none of these are things to look at in yourself and be like, Oh, well I'm doing it wrong. You know, like this healing has to stop being another way that we punish ourselves because that's not what we're here for. We are here to be gentle and accepting and loving and open and kind and soft and 
to witness ourselves in an unconscious pattern and make it conscious and bring consciousness to it. Like bring the master consciousness that we all have within us to these very protective ways that our, our beings are trying to cope with living in a world that is so out of balance. You know, we are, a lot of us are spending a lot of time doing work we don't like earning money so we can buy things and enjoy our time off on the weekends, but we're so exhausted. We're just like spending the weekend recovering and you know, the, the path out of that system in life is like, we'll get more money. So then we are like, well, if I'm perfect, then I can force myself to get more money and I'll like do my very best. And then I'll raise up in the ranks and I'll raise myself out of these problems because if I have all the money and I have everything perfect, I have a perfect house, and I have a perfect car, and I have unlimited resources, then I'll be happy. And I, can t- I can't tell you how many people I've met that have all of those things, and they're like some of the mo- most unhappy people I've ever met in my life. Like, it's not the money. It's, it's, not the, it's not the partner. It's not the house. It's not the vacations in Hawaii or whatever. Whatever thing that we think is going to give us the happiness, it won't because happiness doesn't come from outside. It comes from inside. It comes from the deep knowing that you are valuable without any achievements, without any of these material, these material accolades or these material possessions or, you know, the validation of others. It's totally normal to want to be validated by other people. We're human beings. We are social beings. We want approval and connection and love. There's nothing wrong with that. Wanting external validation is fine. It's when you only want external validation, when you only are able to give yourself, like to say, okay, I'm valuable because somebody thinks that I'm perfect or somebody thinks that, you know, somebody else is telling me you did a good job. You're good. You're beautiful. You're pretty. You're funny. You're smart. You're, you know, you're desirable. And true peace, and I use the word peace because I feel like peace is the most valuable thing that we can have. Peace comes from knowing that you are enough without any of the stuff stripped down to nothing because you exist, because you're here. And Putting down perfectionism lets you celebrate you right now. Not when I'm healed, when I'm better, when I'm smarter, when I'm not depressed, when I don't want to drive my car off a cliff. Celebrating you right now in the full-on messy-ass life that you are finding yourself in. I am a recovering perfectionist. I used to think, oh, wow. I'm so smart. I'm so, I mean, there were certain things I believed about myself because they've been told to me over and over and over. I was really good at school and I thought that meant that I was smart. But what I recognize now, it was like, no, I'm actually just really good at like making relationships with teachers and following the right steps to get this gold star. Like, look at me. I can follow directions and, you know, read a book and like that kind of, Intelligence is different than intuition, which is way more valuable than academic knowledge, in my opinion. 
emotional intelligence is way more valuable than academic knowledge. But I didn't know any of that at the time. I thought, look at me, I'm so smart. And I didn't feel good about myself in other ways. I was, I was like, I went through puberty when I was really young. I got my period when I was 10 and I started getting boobs and I was just like, oh my God, my body's been taking over. Like, I don't know what's happening. And I was really self-conscious and I didn't feel good in my body. And I, so I allowed the perfectionism to come through in, in school because that's where I was good at things and I knew it and I didn't have to like worry about it. I was good at doing what you're supposed to do. And I spent a long time thinking like, well, I'm not perfect in every way, but I have, you know, I have some, I'm really meticulous and like I do a really good job. And I went so hard into that, that I would, and I'm sure some of you out here listening to this have this too, in group, in school projects, I would get into a group and I would inevitably get into a group with a bunch of people who like did not care about the group project. I hated group projects because I always did a, I did all the work. I would, and the reason that I did all the work is not because the other people didn't want to participate. It's because I wouldn't let them because they weren't going to be doing it good enough. And that started to make a big appearance in my life of like, you know, in, in my career where I was just like, well, I'll just do this myself. And it started to become this pattern of like taking over, not trusting that anybody else could possibly do a good job because they don't have the same standards as me. And this is actually like valued in our society. We're like, oh yes, she's a perfectionist. Like it's like a humble brag. If you're like, oh, I'm, a per- <laughs> I'm just a perfectionist. Like it's a flaw, but you don't actually think it's a flaw. You think it's like, yeah, I do exceptional work and everybody else's work is trash. And if you have me on your team, I'll, I mean, you're essentially saying to an employer, like, oh yeah, I'll do extra. I mean, this is what happened to me. I would just, I just kept getting like, they would, somebody would quit or something and I would just take their job on like, oh, you'll do this for a while. And I would do it so well that they would be like, we don't even need to hire anyone. Would I get a raise? No. So now I'm doing two jobs because I'm an asshole overachiever who like doesn't have any boundaries, especially with myself. And perfectionism is the fuel for burnout because when you are a perfectionist and you don't trust anyone to do whatever it is, a lot of this is like in work, but it happens in families too, you know, and a lot of women take this on where we're like, okay, well it has to be this way. And, and we have such an attachment to like the way things that are done. We don't give the men in our lives a chance to do anything. So we're taking on this hyper-masculine role of, being in charge, paying the bills. Maybe, I don't know what it looks like in your house. It could be paying the bills, keeping the house, you know, taking, taking care of the administrative load of life and not allowing the men to come in and be men, to come in and provide and, and take care and be like, you know what? I got this. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this because so many women have been pushed into this Like, if you want to be, you know, if you're a feminist, you want to be, like, an empowered woman, you, an empowered woman is a woman in her masculine, which is the most load of shit of all time. Like, it's, it's not, that's not what it means to be empowered, because women and men are not the same. We have very different strengths. We have very different needs. And it's so obvious when we look at, like, animal species, 
that men and women, that the male and female in the species have different roles. They have different, different jobs, different ways of presenting in their instinctual behavior. And so do we. And, you know, women, women are, women are the medicine carriers. We're the healers. We're the, we're the receivers, the containers. We're the caregivers we hold. We nurture. We have all of these beautiful, powerful, deeply powerful. We create life. We hold life in our bodies and birth the children. We're capable of massive, beautiful, life-giving power. And what has happened instead is that we have lost our connection to all of that and taken on the energy of the masculine because that's what it means to be successful in our society. And it's not just detrimental to the women, it's detrimental to the men because the men are, they're simultaneously like emasculated and not, and not given space to provide and to be the man, the, you know, the strong, gentle, empowered, you know, the hunter, like the warrior, they are relegated to like, go make the money. You know, that was their role for a long time. Make the money, make the money. And I think of this often of like this, how we got to where we are in our society. And I think there's a lot of it that comes from men not, not feeling safe to express their emotions. So we're, we're not giving them any responsibility or, or space to, to step into their own masculine power. We're taking all that. And we're at the same time saying, you're not allowed to have feelings. You know, you're not allowed to express your emotions. You're not allowed men, boys don't cry. Like be a man, you know, like man up. I mean, there's so many (laughs) ways that we tell men and shut them down that they are not allowed to have any kind of feminine energy. And the thing about these energies is that we all have them. Everybody has feminine and masculine energy. We're all capable of, you know, swinging on the pendulum between the two. And, and this is something that I, John and I really want to explore in a different episode. And this is coming up in this perfectionism conversation because perfectionism is such an external facing thing. It's like measuring yourself based on outside, outside things. You know, you're looking outside yourself for validation. You're looking outside of yourself for inspiration. You're looking outside of yourself to measure. You're looking outside of yourself to find your worth. And the worth can't be found outside. It has to be found inside. So so if you have recognized that you have perfectionist tendencies, like I did, congratulations. Because it's so powerful to acknowledge that this is going on within you. And it's nothing, like I said, it's nothing to be like freaked out about. It's nothing to be punishing yourself about. There's no shame in it. It's not your fault. None of this stuff is your fault. Whatever you're fucking suffering with is not your fucking fault at all, ever. The system that we live in is creating neuroses and, and opportunities to heal because it's a broken system. It's not the individual's fault. It's, <laughs> it's not your fault. 
It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You are responding. You are a, a spirit in a body responding to an environment that is sick. And you're doing the best that you can. And sometimes perfectionism is the best you can. You know, you develop that because it's safer to push yourself to be acceptable and belong than to be ostracized. I mean, that is a, an evolutionary adaptation that we have. We are social beings. We are meant to live in groups. And if the group is saying, you have to do it this way, or you don't get to be a part of the group, it's natural to conform to that way of being and to shut those other parts of yourself down. But the thing is, we live in a society and a modern world where now we have communication, we have the internet, we have, we have a lot of freedom of thought. We have a lot of time to think about these things. We have a lot of capital and space and we have a lot of agency where we can say, I actually don't agree with this, you know? And if you're listening to this podcast, you're in a place of awakening because people don't just start looking at integration, <laughs> you know, working with plant medicine and integrating it and wanting it to like really change something unless, unless you're ready to carry the responsibility of doing that. And so a lot of this, a lot of this work is like really looking at yourself and looking at the, the maladaptive ways that you have developed to protect yourself. And in that looking, look at it through a lens that's soft. You know, look at yourself through a lens of compassion and understanding. Because all of this that we come up in ourselves, come up to in ourselves, is an opportunity to transform and to be an alchemist, you know, to take these raw materials, these metals, these like sharp parts of ourselves and make them soft and make them juicy and make them whole. Um, so what is the opposite of perfectionism? What is, what would come in its place? If you were like, okay, I'm quitting perfectionism. What does that look like? And what it looks like is allowing. It's giving yourself permission to fuck things up. <laughs> on purpose you know it's it's making a mess and letting it be there I can't tell you how hard this is it's it's I'm like when I'm talking I'm like holding I'm like grabbing my own fingers like squeezing them because I have this visceral memory of all these times where I witnessed myself in a perfectionistic action like social media posting I misspelled a word or something and I see it and my brain's like, you, you can't put that out. You got to fix it. And I'm like, nope. And like, oh, the reaction in my body, my body's like, no, we don't misspell things. What, is, what are you doing? You know, like it sets off your alarm bells. And this is just a very benign example of, of like where this comes through, you know. But giving yourself permission to exist and be exactly as you are in your imperfections. And when I started this podcast three years ago and some change, whenever it was like 2021, I knew, and I was in the, I was in the process of discovering my own perfectionism and really looking at it and working through it. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to make this show completely organically. 
and I and I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I knew that I didn't. I wanted it to be an artwork. I wanted it to be a body of work that I'm creating, and I wanted it to to exist outside of. It needs to be like this. It needs to be. I need to make it popular and I need to, I need to make it, you know, standardize it and put a process in it and outline. And, you know, at the beginning I used to like, okay, I'm going to have some thoughts. I'm going to write all these down. And now I don't do any of that because it is an active anti-perfectionist work that I am engaging in every week. And there are parts of it where I'm like, oh, I should I should change that. I should fix it. You know, I've had episodes where I forgot to plug my microphone in and the audio is terrible. And five years ago, I would have been like, there's no way I'm putting that out. And now I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? (laughs) Because fuck it. Who cares is like way more fun. It feels safe in my nervous system to say, fuck it. Who cares? To give myself permission to radically accept that I am a human being that is just living and I love making this show and I love doing the work that I do and I do it messy. You know, I'm always on the edge of, I will, it's a evolutionary process that's happening within me that I am alchemizing in myself and pushing out so that it might help somebody else have an inspirational moment in their life. Like that's how it works for me. It's, I feel like a transformer. I want to transform what's coming through me and loving and like love my inner outlaw, you know, like love the rebel girl inside of me, not the good girl. The good girl had her time. And frankly, she's fucking boring and I'm over it. Like, and I don't want to be over it in a way like I was with my addiction where I was like, okay, I'm going to rebel against everything that has been pushed on me and hurt myself because I don't have any other way to express it. This is this is the, the swinging back of, a, of the pendulum of like, I don't have to be perfect to be loved. I deserve love in my imperfection. I deserve love right now because I am good enough, because how I do things is good enough without it being a constant like battle for self-improvement. You know, the spiritual path is beautiful, But it cannot be another way that we flog ourselves. It cannot be an endless hamster wheel of efforting that's like has no end and no joy. I refuse to do healing like that. I am healing through being a messy, you know, whirlwind of psychedelic integration and I'm just doing things wrong and making a mess and fucking up and like failing over and over and over and trying something else and letting that all be okay. And like laughing at the, the stuckness and the pain and the suffering, because I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm just in a stuck part right now. Like instead of beating myself incessantly and being my own abuser when I can't do it right. And like, why can't I just be happy? Because happiness is not a permanent state. That's why, because we live in a world that is constantly barraging you with the vibration of you suck and everything is falling apart. So to choose to be happy and experience joy and experience fulfillment is a radical act that you have to make every day. It's a choice. And to choose to say, thank you, perfectionism. Thank you for making me a precocious little 
child ballerina. <laughs> Thank you for helping me do my best. You know, thanks for inspiring me to work hard. Like, there's so many ways that I can admire the perfectionism in me. And it has come to a time where it's no longer serving me. And that doesn't mean that, okay, well, now I just don't care about anything and I'm going to, you know, just phone it in and throw in the towel and not try, unless that's what you need. You might need a period of that. You might need a period of just walking around doing everything weird and creepy and making a mess and like sitting in it. That's fine. But probably what will happen is you come out somewhere in the middle, you know, somewhere in a place where it's like, you know what? It's okay if the dishes sit in the sink for a night. I'm not going to freak out. Like starting to put down some of the, these old behaviors of it has to be this way or else. And that can, that can be a lot of work, you know, and it can, it can put you face to face with your shadow. And when you come face to face with your shadow, you have a choice. You can resist, you can push that part of yourself away, you can disown the part of yourself that is dark, that is suffering, that has dark thoughts and, and wants to take dark actions. Or you can just, I think, of my, I think of my shadow sometimes like this wild bear, like a bear in a forest. And I imagine when I come up to the shadow, I see the shadow, the bear. And then shadow work is not like, oh, look, there's my shadow. And you run up to it like it's a bear and the bear eats your face. You know, <laughs> it's like you have to really treat it like a wild animal, scared. And you just sit with it. And you let it know that you're safe. And you let it know it's okay to put down this, this behavior, you know, it's okay not to be perfect. Like what would happen if you weren't perfect? And, and explore the edges of it, you know, explore the, how close can you get to it? How can you allow it to be there? How can you witness yourself when you are in a perfectionism moment, you know? What is your perfectionism attached to? Does it come out at work? Does it come out at home? Like, what thoughts and feelings do you have when this behavior and this action is coming through, you know? Is your perfectionism based around your appearance? What would it, what would it look like if you changed the way that you dress or the way that you... One of my um, big shifts that I had with uh, perfectionism with appearance was that I stopped dyeing my hair and I stopped wearing a lot. I used to wear a lot more makeup and I, I don't wear makeup most of the time now, but when I do, I wear like a lot less. I switched to all natural brands. Like this is like a five year process. Um, I stopped dyeing my hair and sitting with this gray hair that was coming on my head. I was just like, Oh my God, like I could not be with, myself as I was aging in front of myself <laughs> and it took a lot of patience to unlearn that it's bad to age 
you know, that you want to be young looking, you want to hide your imperfections, you know, you want to cover your face with makeup and put products and put smells and like hide your animal, your soft animal nature, like hide your wrinkles, hide your fat, like don't be real. And for me, the hair dye thing was like such a huge, it was such a huge victory because it allowed me to start to love my true self, not this way that I would force myself to be, but like really my true self. And now I have these bouncy curls with like silver highlights in them and I absolutely love them and they're amazing, but it didn't happen overnight, you know? It takes time. It's like going and sitting with the bear and making friends with it. So the thing is when you start to shed your layers of perfectionism, you make space to let something else come through. You get to be juicy, vibrant, mysterious, embodied. You get to be cosmic. You get to be artistic. You get to be a work of art that is that cannot be contained. You know, perfectionism is the most boring thing there is. There's no variation. There's no texture. There's no, I mean, juice is one of my favorite words, y'all. It's like, where's the juice? Do you want, um, do you want a, a peach that looks perfect on the outside, but is dry and mealy? Oh my God. That's one of the worst things. Like getting a peach or a nectarine that has no juice. I'm like, this is so sad. This is mushy. It's gross. I hate it. But a juicy peach, maybe it's got a little weird blemish on it. Maybe it's shaped weird is the juice is the thing, man. Who cares what it looks like, right? The same is with perfectionism. Like, what is your juice? Where is your juice? Where is your magic? What is your magic? And whatever it is, it doesn't have to be like anybody else's. In fact, that's what makes it magic, is that it's yours. And imagine if we could all put down this and unlearn this perfectionism and, and like, unparalyze ourselves and stop the striving and stop the efforting and stop trying to control everything and just put it all down and take a fucking break and stop trying so fucking hard. You can lean into your so-called imperfections and dance with them. You can love them. Your flaws are jewels. They're gold. They're your forest, your rivers, your sea. You are allowed to make a mess and disappoint people and say no and change your mind and not behave. You're allowed to tell people to fuck off. And whatever it is that you struggle the most with and are the most afraid of, whatever your wound is, wherever your triggers are, that is where your power is. And everything beautiful and terrible and wonderful and difficult, all of this will happen. And it's all going to be okay because you're alive. And that's the point. We're just here to live. We're just here to be alive. So maybe let's do something more fun and take all that energy that we've spent trying to be perfect and let's be love. Let's be creativity. 
let's be connected. Make something. Make a mess. Do whatever feels good. There is no right way to do it, and you can't do it wrong. So thank you for listening to this episode. I really think that perfectionism is a gift because it allows you to become aware of how you police yourself and how you criticize yourself and recognize that you're your own jailer and there's nothing more empowering than letting yourself out of prison. So thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to this episode. 